You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Shayla Miller. Shayla, thanks so much for being with me today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Shayla, we're going to talk about your show, Allows and King, that's, um, that's up right now. We're talking on January 30th in 2023, and there's links here for listeners to see the show if they can. Um, so I want to jump right into the show, but I, I also want to talk about um, you have different identities, right? You're, you're also known as Freddie June when you sing. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so I started singing. I mean, I, I grew up singing, um, but I also was really, really, really shy um, growing up. And so I kind of put this pursuit of being a singer and performer on the on the back burner and then came back to singing like in 2015, 2016, but mainly as like a, a tool to use in my video installations, like thinking about my voice as a material. Um, and around the same time, I was also really interested in vocal jazz. Like I had, you know, listened to jazz here and there, but didn't really dive deep into it. Um, and then just found that that was also kind of how I, like what I really enjoyed to sing um, in a sort of jazz uh, style. And then after just singing in my, in my work, in my video work, I um, wanted to take music, I guess, a little bit more, or at least like detach it from my visual practice and then came up with this, this um character, Freddie June. Um, and the June part of it had come from uh, a line from a Gwendolyn Brooks poem called We Real Cool. And there's a line that says, We Jazz June. And I really was trying to think of a name that had jazz and June. Um, so I had like Freddie June and the Jazzmatics or, or something like that, but then just shortened it to, to Freddie June. Oh, that's so beautiful. What a gorgeous line that is. You know, there's something about mm-hmm. uh, poetry that's, um, I mean, that's so musical is, is what comes to me immediately. What, what you just mm-hmm. quoted, it's a musical sounding name. You know, I think, I think we'd all love a name that's like musical, right? <laughs> we usually don't get it when we're mm-hmm. born with it. Um, so, uh, so let's talk about this show. Um, there's a number of, uh, different works in this show, there's a video projection, mm-hmm. and and perhaps we should start with a video projection because uh, sure. I was there, and it's one of the reasons I love to go see shows because, you know, I was just talking with someone before the show about how, you know, why, what's the difference when video is shown in a gallery as opposed to being streaming, streamed or, or, or mm. something else, right? You know, is there is there really a... Mm-hmm. A difference, and, and, and is it awkward? And with yours, it, it when I walked into the gallery, it kind of answered that question. We're mm. looking into a back room, and um, and the figure uh, has is, is of course uh, has dark skin, and mm-hmm. where it's projected against a dark background, and so mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm looking at there is is no longer like a projection of a video with a rectangle around it. It's, mm. uh, uh, it's of, 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 a, of a voice and, uh, and a face that seems to 
blend in as well as almost disappear into the background. Mm-hmm. So the idea of, mm-hmm. of, of blackness, of, of, of absorption, and also of kind of expansion mm-hmm. had a completely different meaning. I just, I just wouldn't see that if I saw it online, right? Which is, again, why I love to physically see shows mm. now. So, so can you tell me a little bit about that? I may be just reading into it. That was my impression. But I just, I love that installation of it to start there. And it, and it seems like it's a, uh, a powerful kind of access for the show. Uh, but am, am, am I really off in that reading? Or how, how did you see that? No, you're not off at all. And in fact, you're, you're giving me some stuff to work with, I guess I'll, I'll say in the future. But um, um, I think that what really guided me in the making of that video was the the music because I was trying to think about it's, the title of the piece is called Obsidian Theme. Um, and I was trying to think about, you know, this fictional superhuman character um, who is maybe a superhero or a supervillain and, and think about, you know, both a, a sort of heroic um, theme and then also a, a sort of villainous theme as well in those two things coming together. And so I had, um, I was trying to think, I, w- I was um, thinking mainly about the experience of the echo or like hearing hearing something echo and Specifically, I had realized that I um, had started to do this thing where I would, like, play music from one part of my house, like, like from one room in my house, and then go to the opposite end of the apartment. And, like, it would give me this sense of comfort to have, like, the music be muffled or, like, to have the echo of the sound go throughout the space. And there was one moment in particular where I thought what was playing was um, a song that I hadn't heard before. Like I could, I could hear the melody or like little bits of the melody. And I was like, oh, my God, this is such a wonderful song. I, 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 what is this? And so I got closer to the speaker and then realized that it was actually a song that I had already heard before. But because of the way that the echo was traveling through my house, it like the melody kind of shifted, or at least like my perception of what I thought the melody was. And so I, I really like that um, experience of like the echo and as it relates or, or kind of how it may change a melody or at least how it may change your, your understanding of the melody and all because of your distance to the source of, of whatever the sound may be. And so I was trying to like recreate that sensation with the with the theme, and so um, in the video itself, there's like kind of like three acts, um, but the first two acts are like take up most of the space. And in the first act of it, there is this person, which is Obsidian, um, um, the superhuman character singing this song that um, I w- what I was referencing was like a, a traditional hand-clapping chant, um, but began singing it in a way that was kind of reminiscent of like 50s blues and then transitioned into like just kind of speak singing it the same way that you would with a hand-clapping chant and then transitioning into like kind of just speaking it out 
but as a way of like releasing rage. And then the second part of it is just um, another part of what I of the theme or a musical piece, I guess, where I'm using a vocal pedal, and the pedal is attached to an amp that's on one side or the other end of the room that I recorded in. And then there was probably a, a, a much more sophisticated, sophisticated way of doing this, but I'm not really the most knowledgeable when it comes to recording, and, and I liked the way that I was doing it. But um, I recorded the sound just directly from the camera, and I um, filmed myself right in front of the camera and then had the amp on the other side of the room. So when you know I said something into the vocal pedal, you would hear me say it right in front of the camera, and then you know it would repeat and then come out of the amp which is on the other side of the room. And so that was my way of trying to create this sort of dissonance and create like kind of like a, a cacophony of sound, but like cacophony in a way that kind of felt more like, I don't know, like spellbounding or like atmospheric, like not, I guess, so cacophonous, but more soothing and like enveloping. Um, and then the very last, like, maybe 15 seconds of the film is um, footage that I took years ago of my mother and father, and my mother took a little bit of footage of me on a Super 8, Super 8 camera. Um, so what you were saying about, you know, the image disappearing into the background, and um, I, I kind of, you know, I think that that's interesting as, like, a sort of way to read or to think about like a, a visual representation of an echo or this experience of dissonance that, I'm, that I was trying to talk about. Um, because the lighting that I used, or at least like the lighting design that I was trying to create in the piece, I, I wanted to kind of uh, be there and then also not be there, like be kind of in this in-between space, like kind of a specter, but then also kind of like this you know, um, foreboding um, spirit or, or something, or, or I don't know, like so just a kind of in-betweenness, basically. Um, so, yeah, what you're getting at is, yeah, I really, I really like what you're, what you're saying. That's so interesting, you know, and that's, I'm so glad we're, we're talking about that video in particular and that you, you went into it at that depth. In, in the rest of the show, there's... Um, there's more imagery, and, and I want to talk about that mm -hmm. imagery as well. Um, you know, you mentioned you, you've always been very shy. I think that's what you said. And, and, and here mm -hmm. we're looking at what I believe is self-portraits of you, correct? And, um, and many mm -hmm. of these mm -hmm. are, are, are nudes and, um, and pretty mm -hmm. explicit. It seems, you know, again, which is why I, I, be, I began thinking about, like, the body and um, in, in that video because – First, I saw all these images that were that were specifically a body, um, usually a naked body, and the artist's body. Um, so, can we talk a little bit about that? That that seems to be what you know. What, it is what we see when we first come into the exhibit, but it also seems to play such a significant role, both in terms of how how you're interacting with the world um, as as a person who was at one time shy, and and this is a very vulnerable. Um, work i would think to present to the world um mm -hmm. but but also it, it's literally about your body the body 
Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And, and there's different messages in yeah. some of these, and we could we could go through some of them. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, but so specifically about about the body, and often you know, of course, sexuality as well. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was incredibly incredibly nervous to show this work, although it did feel very like necessary to do like it, it, like it, as like because I do really look at my practice as like um, a kind of salvation you know um, like something to help me heal and and you know it's also just fun but this I feel like was the most vulnerable I, I have ever been yet um, and I was really afraid of like being this exposed um, to the world um, in this way and exposing maybe parts of myself that, like, I still am trying to understand or maybe, you know, don't want to believe to be true, like this, you know, desire for revenge or, or whatever. Um, but the body, I mean, the whole, I feel like there are many different levels of self-portraiture. I think, like, the most obvious one being there are images of me that I've taken. But then also just the whole concept of the show, I feel like is, I mean, the whole show for me is a way of like a a sort of study of the self, myself, and, and my experience of rage and desire for revenge and, you know, how grief and loss and, you know, hope all tie, are all in that, are all a part of that, or at least I, I experience it in that way. Um, and then also how um, it feels maybe a little bit entangled, you know, my experience of rage versus someone who is maybe non-black or non, doesn't look like me, doesn't have the same kind of body as me, the same kind of... Uh, gender or or sexuality or whatever um so i um i guess the the way that i'm using the body is is almost like you know like a pseudo like scientific examination um and um yeah i i don't know it's it's also something that i feel like I need to sit more with because I did kind of go back and forth with like, okay, well, do I actually need to be nude in, in some of these photographs? Like what is what is it serving in these images versus these? And, you know, I'm clothed in some of it and then not clothed in some of it. And so that's still something that I'm sorting through actually. Um, but I guess like if I were to answer immediate or like to answer right now, I think it's just about like, really kind of tearing away at any sort of layer and just really kind of focusing on the sources like as a way to support this this self-study you know like this um to think about my experience of of rage uh, and and revenge i like that um so let's talk about rage and revenge those are pretty loaded words and um yeah. i'd like to talk about that before we go um uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that? I mean, of course, I have some ideas of what that might mean, but I am 
white cisgender male, and there's mm-hmm. much that I don't understand or have access to, though I understand or, or try to understand intent. Can you tell me a little bit about what, what you mean by uh, rage sure. and, yeah. and revenge? Sure. So I feel like the, it, at least the rage that I'm speaking to in this show and am experiencing in the moment, there's many different levels to it. And I think that the first level or maybe foundational, or actually I don't even know if it's foundational, but the main level is that I've been abused in different ways, physically, sexually, emotionally, and in pretty quick succession um, here recently. And I'm angry about that, angry that it happened, angry at the people that did it, angry at myself for sometimes believing that I allowed myself to be in these situations, which I know I should not do, but I do it anyways. Um, so I'm angry about that. And then I'm what, or at least what I experience to be even more maddening or what adds to the rage is feeling like I can't even fully embody it, like I can't fully express and say, you know what, this happened to me and I am so angry. Like, I, I can't believe that this happened. And I feel like I can't do that because I also feel that because I've been abused so many times um, in, in kind of a similar fashion, I look at all these different abuses, moments of abuse, and what I gather from it is that these people have done this because they see me as, as they're actually not seeing me as a person. And they're not seeing me as a person because they're responding to this social conditioning, this, you know, the symptom of white supremacy that, like, black people aren't people, and especially as it relates to someone who is maybe a black woman or um, femme-presenting or, you know, of a certain gender. And so they're seeing me not actually as me, but as an opportunity to... Um, let out whatever sort of um, sexual fantasy, violent fantasy, or rage that they may be experiencing separate from me that has nothing to do with me. And so that makes me even more angry because it's like, well, it's separate from me, so what can I do about it? How can I detach myself from it? I don't know. And so I feel like I'm stuck in this, continuum. And then I get even more angry because I'm like, well, why should I accept it as my fate? Why am I saying that this is actually true? And if, and it, having this fear that the fact that I'm having this reading of all of this and saying it out loud to people to say like, yes, they're treating me this way because of blah, 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 blah. And the fact that I'm giving it a specific diagnosis is also speaking it into existence. And so then I get afraid that, oh, well, it's just going to happen again because I said, I, I, you know, I admitted that this happens all the time. So now it's going to happen again. And now I'm even more angry because it's going to happen again. So, and I'm not going to be able to, to really embody and express my rage because people don't allow me to, to feel angry. But is that actually the truth? Am I just limiting myself? You see what I'm saying? It's, it just feels like do, yeah. a, a whole mess a whole mess. And so the whole show was like basically just laying it all bare and not to make any sort of like definitive like reasoning or like a solution or this is what I should do or this is what I should not do. 
But just to say this is what's been happening, and I don't actually know anything else to say, but this is what's happening. Like I, I just felt like my rage was so strong that it, like it felt like something literally – I always point to my little bit – I'm literally pointing to my throat as I'm doing this. But it literally felt like something, like a ball in my throat that I had to like take out and put somewhere, like physically take outside of my body and put it elsewhere. And so that's why I made the show is because I was like, I'm carrying something within me that should not be here. Someone put this here and I got to get it out. I love that. That's so well put. I, I um, it was very intense to, of course, hear and, and absorb. So that's the rage. The revenge? The revenge is like I, got, I want to get back at these people for, um, for treating me poorly and, and like really, truly, honestly feeling hatred and feeling like how dare they abuse, like how dare you see me as not even a person but as something to just abuse like this and wanting revenge, wanting, you know, wanting to get on my, my high horse or get on the stage and like, calling the whole, like, you know, calling some meeting with everybody, everybody in the world and say, listen, these people are horrible and don't, you know, but it's, it's, there's no productivity in that. But I do feel that. Like I'm, I'm able to, yeah, but that's like, very that's real. Re- re- revenge is real. There may not be productivity in it, but it's actually Absolutely. even more than what you're saying, right? Like revenge means, you know, uh, like I want them dead or I want them punished or I want justice. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not simply as, you know, rage and, and having a show and talking about why you're angry is, 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 is the rage is, um, you know, you want, you want payback kind of. Um, and right. so, I mean, w- without jumping into that too far, I, I'd love to hear a little bit about how the imagery addresses um, revenge in particular, because that, that's of course a feeling that we all relate to in our own spheres in different ways, but it's a, but it's a really difficult feeling to grapple with because it seems at once, of course, we shouldn't get revenge, but, you know, we may want revenge in many ways. Um, yeah, can you tell me a little bit mm-hmm. about how the imagery relates to just the idea of revenge? Yeah, I think mainly in the, the – it's what I kind of see to be a series, and it's the images that have the lava stone beneath them, and the, the, that is um, – or at least what I'm referencing is the, the myth of Sisyphus, and the, the title of the pieces is um, – modern-day Sisyphus, obsidian, pushing up obsidian, um, eternal punishment for surviving, and then I cross that out and, and put seeming to cheat death. Um, and I guess maybe that was, for me, my way of, like, speaking to um, um, my attempt at revenge, but then also, like, kind of getting in the way of, like, me actually seeing that out by already claiming it to be, you know, unproductive and that I'm still just going to be back in this place of anger and, you know, feeling like it's just me pushing up this this rock for, you know, for eternity um, when, you know, really my when I'm trying to, like, survive this life. Um, but I don't know. I feel like it's definitely something I'm, I'm still trying to, to figure out. Um, in terms of, like, how to translate that into an image. Shayla, I want to thank you for talking with me, but I, and I also want to ask you one more um, question sure. that's a little off topic, which is um, what are you reading at the moment? 
Yes, so actually, I'm a teacher right now. I teach a photography class, and the class that I'm teaching this semester is about making conceptual work, photographic conceptual work. And so I'm rereading Bluets by Maggie Nelson, um, which I haven't read in a while. Um, Because, yeah, I assigned it to my students, so I'm rereading that. Shayla, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. I'm grateful for your work. I hope the listeners can go see your show before it closes. And, uh, again, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you so much for going to the show and talking to me as well. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.